0: Hello. Hold on. We're again. Hello. And welcome to Dopey. I didn't like that one. Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. My name is Chris. Did you like that My one? My name is Chris. You, what? Hello. <laughs> did you like that one?
1: Hello.
0: Did you like that one? Yeah. I Good. One. And this is Dopey, the podcast about uh mostly dumb shit. And here we are in the luxurious, sprawling estate <laughs> of Chris's parents in Southampton. Home of rich people everywhere. And um, good times, man. I think this place is better than the uh, old Lower East Side. The acoustics are good. What, and the new mic might be better than the
1: Eddie. I doubt that. Why? Because the Yeti was more expensive, therefore it was better. But look it's at better. this, it's, it's got a little stand. <laughs> These things are so shitty. The, the stand was heavier than the mic. Yeah, yeah. A nice, I like it. It's like a little bullet. Look at my vape juice now, it looks like a black and tan. What'd you put two flavors in? Yeah, the bottom is blueberry yogurt, Ugh. and the top is vanilla custard tobacco. So it's
0: a blueberry vanilla thing. custard
1: tobacco yogurt.
0: Chris has been sharing his vape with me because I can't smoke in his parents' house, and I'm really enjoying it. I got to get my vape back online.
1: I've been telling him been singing the praises of this for Years. a Year, yeah. You know,
0: you know. Can I tell you my plan? I have a new plan to stop smoking. Do you want to hear what it is? What. I don't, because it's... Nick Reiner's not going to like it, but maybe you will. I'm going to pray twice a day to God to
1: help me stop smoking. Do it. I think it's going to work. Yeah. I really do. Everyone always said to Bill Wilson, they're like, he died of emphysema. They're like, why don't you use the steps to quit your cigarette addiction? And what would he say? Fuck you. I don't know.
0: Um, But that's my plan to stop smoking. Because nowadays, like, I smoke... Like, ugh. and like, I live with my daughter now, which is the greatest thing that's Do ever happened. Do you hide happened. it from her? Yeah. But like... Does she know? Yeah. Um, I wake up early in the morning, like very early. And I like drink coffee and try to smoke cigarettes and listen to Howard Stern. And it's like 6.30 in the morning. And I'm not like chain smoking. I smoke like one cigarette. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like, I hear a noise and I'm like, I hope it's not her. And then I turn around and she's standing in the kitchen. And she doesn't see me with the cigarette. I just flick it away and turn around. But I come Wait, inside. Wait, you smoke
1: in? The, oh, outside. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And
0: then I come inside and she's...
1: And you reek like cigarettes.
0: Yes. You. And you know what it smells like to her? What? Daddy.
1: Is that not the saddest <laughs> thing in the world? You want to hear something sad? I don't what? know if I've said this, but someone told me this the other day. What? Do you ever pick Nora up? All the time. There's going to be a time that you pick Nora up. That is going to be the last time you ever pick her up. I know. Isn't that weird? And you won't know when it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't that like a cool little fact? It's sad. Yeah.
0: Um, But picking her up is a joy. Yeah. And uh, and I have to say, you know, as hokey as it might sound that like I got my family back together and it's only because I'm sober and it's such a good thing. I know. I'm
1: so sick of hearing you whine about your family. It's nice that I don't have to hear it anymore. Wow. <laughs> it is,
0: right? Yeah, it it's is. It's a whole different thing. I've been
1: hearing about it for five years.
0: And I fixed it thanks to... Um, sobriety. Sobriety. The yeah. miracle of the deal. What a good deal. And now we have Dopey. That'll, that'll be the thing that tears our, my family apart. <laughs> so, so, you know, here we are. Uh, Flip of a coin. Yeah. Um, so recently we were talking about Artie Lang. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Artie because we have a very special guest coming on the show today.
1: And we're also hoping that if we just keep talking about Artie, eventually somebody will listen that will give it to Artie. At least that's what I'm hoping. Who? Somebody. Billy Baru. Billy There's. We already had somebody who has a line to Artie, however minuscule it is. We should just get over there. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that.
0: So I was uh, on Facebook... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was on Facebook and um you know, in my trending news stories, like I'm the biggest idiot in the world. The only things that show up in my trending news story are like rock and roll heroes, fucking the Knicks, Artie Lang, you know, and Artie was number one. I was like, Is he dead? Like what's what's going
1: on with Artie? And, Mine is like Infant dies of Suboxone <laughs> overdose or really, something. Really? No, but it's like shit like that. Right, you know? right. Yeah, Suboxone <laughs> is always in my <laughs> trending too. Suboxone's in all the ads and anything I look on on the internet. Right. It's always Suboxone. They're trying to push for me.
0: They're like, maybe you should consider getting back on Suboxone. <laughs> yeah. um, and also, before I even go into my arty shtick, I just want to say, I don't have anything against anybody on Suboxone and Methadone. I listen to Dopey and I hear me putting people down, but I'm not putting them down. Well,
1: specifically, we had my friend message me who said that like he's on methadone and it's been helpful for him. And I didn't even know that. And like, I just, I know he's in the program and like, he's doing well for a couple of years. But I have nothing bad to say about anybody doing well. I'm just going to give a shout out to my friend, Brian. What's up? I want to just tell the Dopey Nation, which is pretty cool. I knew Brian from a big book study that I did in Western Massachusetts. Brian moved to Atlanta, and he was searching for a podcast on drugs. He found Dopey, started listening to Dopey, and then found out that it was uh, me that co-hosted it with Dave. So he found it randomly, which is pretty cool.
0: You do more than you co-host it. We created this thing. We created Co-hosting it. is like somebody found you and said, Will you host my show. But we created this thing. Thank you. No, no doubt. And Brad 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 had a role in creating this thing too, however small it is, and his (laughs) participation even smaller. So Brad, why don't you do something for a change? I know you're listening. Drop a review. He dropped a review. (laughs) He dropped a good review.
1: Uh, Oh he did? He did. Yeah. Yeah, He's
0: probably one of the first ten. But he dropped a really good one, like a comprehensive review. Oh yeah,
1: because he took a while to do it and then why don't you make that the iTunes review of the week? Read it. it. Brad, there you go. We're going back in time. Gotta go back to the Mink in time. time. You know that song? No. You know? Um we gotta get Anders Osborne on here. Oh yeah. Yeah, the yeah. great song. Yeah. That's from Johanna. What's up, Johanna? Thanks for sending that in. Who's that? Uh my neighbor. Uh okay, what is it? Do you know what he said it was? Yes. It was like uh <laughs> Satanzilla. It was in the first it's in the first couple. Oh, there it is. It's the first one. Yeah. That's him?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so um, I can't even read the full title because it's too long. The title says, Dopey, the Dopey Podcast about dope, dot, dot, dot. From debauchery... Maybe that was the
0: whole title.
1: <laughs> no, 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 it's not, because there's an I, too. Um, from debauchery to recovery and back again, Dave and Chris are, and friends tell the most awesome most awful, most hilarious, most shocking true stories of drug addiction you will ever find in one place. Never mind all the drug and recovery talk. I think Chris and Dave have amazing chemistry and provide enough quality laughs, intriguing ideas, and subversive fun for anyone to get hooked on this weekly podcast. Well, not anyone, but anyone I would want to hang out with anyhow. If you are an addict in recovery or just enjoy voyeuristically dipping your toes into somebody else's pool of depravity, like me, you need to feed your head some dopey. Great. I love that last line. You should be a writer. Read it again. If you are an addict in recovery or just enjoy voyeuristically dipping your toes into somebody else's pool of depravity, like me, you need to feed your head some dopey. Bradley, great line, right? Very good, well written. Yeah, we should send that to some paper. Oh, you know we haven't added. we were going to have the Joe's pick, Joe Shrank's pick of the week. We're supposed to do those too. Well, what's his pick? Uh, he, I gotta find it. He sends me all that funny stuff. What's the last thing he sent you? I don't know. I text with him too much to find what it was. I can't remember what it was. Are we almost at a point where we
0: could talk about Joe's latest thing?
1: Mm, I'll text him, and then you. Uh, um, You start talking. Let me text him right now.
0: So I wanted to talk more about this Artie Lang business. So Artie shows up in my trending Facebook thing. And um, I was like, hmm, what's going on with Artie? And it's this thing where Artie is, uh, you know, Artie doesn't talk about Howard too much. But Artie's bashing Howard in this thing, saying that Howard's gone soft. And Howard isn't the same Howard that he was back in the day when Artie Lang was on the show. And the show is a much different show. Um, and he was saying how basically Howard sold out, that Howard used to be this rebel who could be an A-lister but not do all of the trappings of an A-lister and not be politically correct. And now Howard like lives for these long-form celebrity interviews and rather than having uh, somebody like... Excuse me, Gary the Retard on the show, he's named He's going him. for names. Well, no, he's named Gary the Retard, Gary the Conqueror. Or Wendy the Retard has become Wendy the Slow Adult. Also, oh, he's getting, like, PC? He's getting PC, and, like... And rather than having Artie stuttering John and Gilbert Gottfried on the show, like, bashing somebody... Artie's point was, like, Richard Christie, who's one of the, uh, quote-unquote, writers and, and kind of voices and, and talent of the Stern show... He came in recently and cried about the fact that his, um, guinea pig had died and like they're consoling him and all Artie wants to do is like make fun of him and they don't make fun of him because now Howard is like this big animal rights guy <laughs> and, and, and Artie is certain that Howard has lost his mind and, and Artie goes on and on and on and, and, and to be fair, uh, I like the, the Howard Stern show now too because I like the long interviews. I, I find it relaxing. To listen to a really long interview. And, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with not having strippers on the show. And, I mean, Artie's claim to fame, besides being amazing on the Stern Show and just honest and funny, was that he they had a contest of who could throw the most baloney on a stripper's ass and Artie would always win. Because really? Artie is like a great athlete. And anything physical or athletic, Artie would win. Really? Um, yeah, because Artie, Artie, like, there was a bit where like they were on tour... Or something, and Artie had to. Artie was like, I could beat any women pro basketball player in a game of one on one. And Artie's like three hundred pounds, chain smokes cigarettes, does heroin, drinks whatever, and he played a WNBA star, and I think he won. No way, I think he won. Because
1: he's Is this just back fucking, when he was doing
0: coke, and he was a little more. No, limber? he was fat as hell, and he's just sh- popping jumpers and knocking them down. Artie's like <laughs> fucking a beast. He like he his dream was to be a, a baseball player. He and that's why Artie knew, and Artie's a degenerate gambler, you know, alcoholic, drug addict, uh, obviously. But the he told this story and he said uh, his highlight of being on the radio. Um, he was deep, and this is the the greatest dopey story. Yeah. You know, one of the, everything. Artie is our unicorn. Yeah. Artie is our gold box that we will never get to open because he's so funny and so depraved and so perfect. All of his stories. We got to get him on But here. I never heard I'm this sa- one. You know,
1: I'm saving one story. The one story that I refuse to tell on Dopey, if Artie Lang comes on, I'll tell it.
0: You were saving it for the fucking Eastside
1: crack. No, 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 no. No, I wasn't. No? No. You'll tell it. I really? won't tell it unless because it's it, first of all it's not even that funny and it's just like the worst thing ever. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean it's like it's not even a super dopey story, but it's just like it's really bad. So Artie's greatest uh, radio and Artie has
0: like Artie sat in the room the first time Howard interviewed Paul McCartney and 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 and, and Artie's doing shtick and Artie was really funny in that, but and Artie's, Artie's interviewed you know a million names. He's been hysterical on The Howard Stern Show, tearing people up and, uh, and and just doing shtick. It was just fucking perfect. But his favorite moment, and I never heard this story, was uh, Howard was starting to change a little bit, but it was still the old-school Howard Stern Show, but Artie was deep into dope. And the comedian and actress uh, and talk show host, Kathy Griffin, comes on The Stern Show. And... Um, and they're having this very serious Kathy talk. Kathy
1: Griffin is the... Uh, the redhead. The Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld's the devil. Is that one? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, it's funny. And the only way you know anybody is through Seinfeld
1: <laughs> or like Family Guy. Um, you know, I watch um, Star Trek religiously. I watch it every night and I'm going back through all the series. I finally learned who Will Wheaton was. Well, why would you ever know who Will Wheaton was? Only from Family Guy because they talk about it all the time in Family oh. Guy. And then finally I got to the next generation, and I was like, oh, that's who Will Wheaton You know is. what
0: Will Wheaton's breakout role was, though? What? Gordian, Stand By Me.
1: Oh, really? He was the lead. I haven't seen Stand By Me for so long.
0: Rob Reiner, where are you? He Kill. tweeted about us once, sort of. He retweeted Nick Reiner's tweet. Yeah. Anyway, so Artie's story about Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin is on the show, uh, almost crying because she had just won an Emmy for who knows what crying in jubilation or just no, like maudlin. like like it was it was because she was talking about the Emmy that she had won and about how she talked to her mother and how when she was a girl her and her mother would watch, watch the Emmys and okay. dream you know and she wasn't crying in jubilation she was crying in that sort of yeah. sh, you know yeah. saccharin schmaltzy yeah. you know what's the word sentimentality Would you it, say
1: it was cathartic for her
0: Maybe. Um, But Artie didn't. Artie was in the room, nodding on heroin, snoring during the interview. And
1: Kathy Griffin's like, could you please have him removed? Now, meanwhile, Artie— It's so funny because it's also like, you know, and this is in part from Seinfeld, but like from what I know of Kathy Griffin, it's like she's one step behind or in front of Rosie O'Donnell. She doesn't get any respect. Right. I wonder why. And so, but, like, for Artie to be nodding out, that's consistent with, like, what I... Right, right.
0: Because then nobody wants to pay attention to her. Yeah. Maybe it's because people don't find her to be physically attractive, which Artie went on and on to say...
1: I don't even think she's that... I think she's okay. Yeah,
0: me too. But Artie said without makeup, she's not. Uh That was one of his big shticks in this thing. Yeah. But that's not the point here. Yeah. The point is that uh, he's snoring, nodding out while she's telling this very sentimental story. And then, not to mention, she's a stand-up comedian... And Artie is an amazing stand-up. And she says to Howard, can you please get him out of here? Because he's just disturbed her so much. He doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. And yeah. I think Howard felt bad. Yeah. And Howard's like, Artie, could, could you go? And they have to wake him up and like walk him out. And they put him in her makeup room with, with all of her makeup artists. And he passes out again. And he wakes up at the end of the show and he said he made nine hundred thousand dollars <laughs> that day, or something. And this just was for the nodding great. Out. He also told a story. Uh, he was on the Opie from Opie and Anthony uh, radio show on Sirius, and he told a story like he when while he was putting down Howard, he also can't resist to to push him up because Artie loves Howard and yeah. Artie just think there's a lot of pain yeah. in this, this whole conversation so this what you're recounting is
1: years after the falling out yeah
0: yeah that. and through Artie's podcast and hearing Artie on uh opie's show yeah and Artie talks about how howard was helpful in the in the very in the middle of the run while he was on the stern show and, and howard's like Artie, whatever you need go get better and your job is going to be here do whatever you need and Artie's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go to rehab, blah blah blah. Yeah. And he goes down to Florida. He's there for like three days. He's like, fuck this. He he gets a hooker. He checks into a hotel in South Beach. Stays up all night doing coke. And in the morning, while Stern is live, he calls in, and they think he's <laughs> in rehab. And he's like, I'm a you know. Is he pretending he's in rehab or no? No, he's happened. like gloating with the whore, and he has like the waiter who's delivering room service on the phone and. You know Yeah And and then It was just It's sad And and it's also The saddest thing Is that like As a real Stern fan Which I am There was a Beautiful Camaraderie Of family Which is I think Why Artie feels so bad Because he feels like His dad You know I think he feels like A real You know Like father son Thing with Howard Or big brother Thing with Howard And Howard is like Not interested or, or I think Howard's scared. To be honest, I think Howard, Artie. The other thing that's not talked about, and maybe this is going to prevent Artie from ever coming on Dopey. But Artie tried to kill himself, and I think that scared the shit out of Howard.
1: Yeah, and I and think what he sweeps it under the rug. It's not something.
0: I just think that Howard's like he doesn't know what to do with it. Okay, and I think that Artie doesn't Artie doesn't want to talk about that. What a dark thing for Artie. I think. Yeah. Whatever.
1: All right. Well, anyways, this I isn't love dope, both. Of this them. isn't Dopey the podcast about. Artie Lang and Howard Stern. So I thought you wanted... I did. I I'm did just to, smoking a no, cigarette I, and he's like, I, I want you to talk no, about I, Artie Lang. No, I did. I want to hear more of it. You. You're should, such an asshole. Why? How could you do
0: this to me? What do you mean? I, I stick my neck out <laughs> telling dumb stories about No, I about think it's Artie great.
1: Lange. No, I think it's great, but I want to interrupt it and pivot because we have somebody waiting for right. us to call him. Right. And before you call the person who is waiting, uh, Joe Schrank responded and he said he wants to come back and do a full episode about his big project that he's coming out, which is going to make a considerable amount of waves. It's going to make heads spin. Yes, it's going to make heads spin. It has to do with addiction treatment, uh, and he's doing something totally out of the box, and he's going to come on Dopey and give us the exclusive about his new project. Is he going to come to the Hamptons? I'll read what he said. He said... He's got a kid out here, doesn't he? He does. Uh, So I said... I said, Joe, I said, uh, we uh, were recording dopey. Can we talk about your new venture? Or should we wait? He said, let's wait. I'll come on and we can do a whole show on it. All right.
0: Let's see if that ever happens. All right, oh, He's
1: good. He has good follow-through. I you know what I love about Joe Shrink? Tell me. Is that like a lot of people who are in his situation, like, they would be like, oh, like I'm only gonna do something if there's like a considerable listener base or something like that. Joe writes articles for like little rink-a-dink websites. He was super pumped about coming on Dopey when he knew there wasn't many people who listened. Um which I always respect about him about that about him. You well know? the thing about
0: Joe, I only met him once. Number one, I could tell he loves you. Like, he loves you. And number two, I think he came on as like a lark and he's seen Dopey grow a yeah. little bit. And he, I think he's a little bit excited about that. Yeah. Well, you that's know? what
1: he loved. I mean, he started the fix and that, like, he, I don't think he realized what a response it was going to get. And it ended poorly and the site's dwindling. But he's super, you know, he had it in his sober living. He bought an ex police dog to be a drug detection dog that lived in his sober living. And it was like nobody had ever done. So he just does these weird out of the box things. And his sober living was like pretty liberal, like in the sense that like it wasn't someone that like kicked people out quickly, you know, which you would think if he has a drug detection dog, it is. It was just like a. But good But he gamut. just likes to, yeah. It was sort of. I think it was. He a does bit. He now. Does. The dog doesn't do anything. He's just Joe's dog, you know. That's awesome. Um, yeah. All right, I
0: just go. got I just got this text from Ryan. I just want to read it. Ryan's the conspiracy theorist who is on the last episode, and he wanted to just say. I forgot to bring damn I forgot to bring up the Simpsons episode where Homer is hired to kill the celebrities who don't quote unquote play along and he goes immediately and murders Prince while psycho killer plays by talking heads oh well <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun.
2: Anyway,
0: right, let's call us. So here we go this is a very very exciting special guest and I'm just going to say this one of a uh, uh, dopey nation member yeah, th- for this real is the
1: distinction of the first time we're having a listener call into the show a real listener not yeah, a friend yeah just a he, random
0: listener we are friendly with scott his name is scott and yeah. we are friendly with him but we didn't know him before we started dopey exactly and, and he just reached out to us so let's
1: we've let's, had several people that want to call in but for some reason this is the first person where it's it's actually he happening. wrote some great emails great emails. Published. we read his email um on uh, the nick reiner episode the second one yeah Imagine if he doesn't answer. Where is he? Maybe he got cold feet. Hello. <laughs> Hello.
0: Yo, what's up, babe? Hello and welcome to Dopey. <laughs> Am I on the show? Here we go. We're here. You've made it,
1: Scott. You've arrived. <laughs>
3: the culmination of my
1: existence <laughs> What's up, Scott? It's Chris Hey, what's up, buddy? How's it going? It's good to hear your voice, man Yeah, yeah, cool We were just, uh, um, we were just doing a little introduction saying that you're the first um, listener to call into the show <laughs> Nice So you hold that distinction I mean,
3: Yeah, it can never be taken away
1: What's going on, Mandy? I, I saw that picture. How's your finger doing? For, uh, for the listeners Scott chopped his bit of his finger off it
3: was actually pretty bad <laughs> I cut like usually like when you're a chef and you're cutting your knife they teach you like if you slip it's supposed to cut your fingernail or whatever but I cut right through it and cut the top of my thumb off it was actually pretty gnarly
0: horrible an uh, amazing yeah, yeah, because yeah. if it was me there would be no chance I would go to work the next day it would just be such oh, no, a perfect way not to go <laughs>
3: It happened, like, right in the middle of service, and I had, like, I was hanging, like, 20 tickets, and we had, like, 30-something open, so I just, like, ran to the back, duct taped it up, and put a couple of gloves on, and there's like, blood all over the, uh, the cutting board in the service station. I, the chef freaked out, but, yeah, I ended up finishing the shift, but uh, and they couldn't do anything. I went to the doctor, and they just cut that tip of it off, and it's just deformed now, so...
0: Scott is oh, no. hardcore, but that's the other thing. Scott's actually in recovery. Scott, you got years, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's with August
0: 18th was four years. There you go, man. Beautiful. Um, but this is like a real, like recovery person who's suiting up and showing up no matter what. Correct.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I'm the sous chef, so there's a bunch of people under me, so I could just walk out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, meetings and the program are a huge part of my life and stuff, that's for sure.
0: Wouldn't you say that if it was before you got sober, there's no way you would have gone to work the next day?
3: <laughs> no, no, I would have gone and gotten uh, pain-filled or something. I, I would have found a way to weasel a lot of that for sure. <laughs>
1: Uh, and just for the, do- for the Dopey Nation to know, um, Scott has a long and intricate history. If you want, you can just, um, give them a really brief overview of your using days.
3: Uh, let's see. I guess I started, I started IV uh, cocaine, like pharmaceutical coke and oxymorphone when I worked at a hospital. That was like, I went from like smoking weed to shooting coke and, uh, and, uh, any kind of morphine derivative at the hospital uh, where I worked at. My dad was a general thoracic surgeon and he got me a job working at the hospital. Anyways that kind of led to first rehab and then I guess there were nine subsequent ones after that.
2: Like,
3: <laughs> uh, dope heroin, uh, just really high quality pharmaceuticals I guess because of the field that I worked in for a while was just how I rolled for a long time. But I mean like I would I'll be really dirty and a terrible person, and then I'll get clean and have you know a great you know monetary success or whatever, and then you know burn it to the ground, and that's just the cycle that worked. And then it wasn't until uh, I got charged insurance fraud. I guess it was in December of 2012, and I went to prison for a little over a year and a half. And that's really where everything kind of clicked for me. Unfortunately, what so, was uh, what was
1: prison I don't, like I don't know.
3: Uh, it was pretty shitty, man. It uh, it was in Mississippi. So if you ever heard of like Parchman or uh, Parchman's like one of the oldest. It's a farm. It's like there's no fences or anything like that. Uh, it's a huge farm, and they produce all the uh, goods for the rest of the prison system in Mississippi. So it's literally like a farm. Have you ever seen that movie Life?
1: With, uh, yeah, uh, I have. Yeah, with Eddie Murphy and um, uh, yeah, what? Martin so Lawrence. This, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Those cabins and stuff are, like, obviously they're updated a little bit, but that's really how the prison rolls. Like, there's different uh, camps, depending on your classification, but uh, it's, it hasn't changed that much in, like, 50 years. It's super violent, super terrible. Like, there's no AC. It was, it was awful. Oh,
1: man. Know? Lot Were of, you in uh, A lot of spaghetti Were, squash? Uh,
3: kind of. I don't know. It's <laughs> really... It's very... There's a big racial divide being... Uh, a red-headed white ginger in a Mississippi prison. <laughs> it didn't help me.
1: <laughs> uh, I can only <laughs> uh, imagine. Yeah, that, that didn't really help me. Um, but,
3: yeah, I mean, I made, it, I made it through it. It was a learning experience. It was one of those things that, like, I don't know, it's jails, institutions, and death, and this was one of the things I unfortunately had to go through. But it really helped me as far as I don't want to get back to this point, and I've taken my addiction to a level where this is where I go like I, there's no stopping once I start and the end point is there has to be some kind of huge intervention for me to stop and prison is always it or jail or whatever
0: right did you use any drugs in prison or were you clean the whole time
3: no it's actually clean the whole time uh, there's a lot of dope in the prison but it's more suboxone and uh that uh synthetic marijuana spice is real bad but I was locked up with this dude uh uh, affiliation gangs and stuff are of course real big but he was uh, one of the shot callers for one of the Mexican gangs and we were talking one day and he was like we're just swapping stories and he was like look dude why don't you try something different like if you've always done drugs you've always you know messed things up with that why you're here why don't you just try something different why don't you try not using and I don't know you know after a couple months go by you know I started working out it just kind of changed my mindset I was like alright I'm going to try not using it. and I really think it gave my mind Long enough time to heal, uh, are just, I don't know, just start things started making sense once I had a significant time away from that environment.
1: Isn't it amazing, too, though, how talking to somebody like this guy who's a shot caller for the Mexicans, like how that can have like a profound effect on you when there were probably psychologists and drug counselors who had been saying something much more clinical for years, but it ended up being some sort of like active or ex-gang member who you're like, yeah, oh, maybe I really will try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I had, I,
3: one of the funniest conversations I had was with a doctor. Like, I have Crohn's disease too and alcohol, like, I, whenever I drink alcohol, like, it's almost an immediate physical reaction to where, like, digestive problems, blood, it's just terrible. And he was like, so let me get this straight. You won't drink alcohol, you know, because you have all these physical complications from it, but you will shoot heroin that, you know, has a myriad of other things that's <laughs> way worse than physical reaction. Yeah. And, I mean, I was just like, yeah, but I have to shoot dope. <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, but I don't know, man. That conversation was just, like, burned into my mind uh, when I was in prison. And the fact that family relationships would make it the worst, because it's like, you're doing time, but your family's doing time, too, so it really has a profound impact much better since then like it actually ended
1: up helping my family oh totally like my family like parents were always very loving um never a lot of like sort of like public displays of affection or even private do you know what i mean but like very loving but like through going to rehab and all this stuff like it kind of like radically changed their views on like um basically how they related like with me and like i think even a little bit with my brother and sister you know
3: one brother cut me off the whole time I was in there and then, like, everybody else it got a lot better Until I got out and started being a normal person that that relationship was healed. But, like, when they came and saw me and everything, it was just, like... I, I think that's really when it changed for them when they saw the, uh, the situation that it put me in. I don't know. It was just... It's different And nobody... I don't think you can really explain it until you go through that process.
1: Dude, you, you it, want... I, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's,
3: it's, it's just, like... You can't explain it until you're, like, you're locked away from everything. And you just, like, it makes you so much more grateful for little freedoms. And then, like, I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain.
1: Dude, you want to hear? I was such an asshole when I was, like, in the system and stuff. But I, um, well, first of all, I never wanted my family to visit. Because I always was just thought, like, you know, they would get older and they would remember it and stuff. And, like, finally, like, the last time I went to jail, I was doing a year... And um, my mom and dad were like, we're definitely visiting. So this was in California. They flew out to California to see me. And um, I wasn't even like ready to really consider like a different way of life at all, you know. And I went and I, uh, they visit, I'm behind glass, you know, with the phones. And um, I come up, I see my mom and my dad and my mom's on the phone. And like, she just starts like crying hysterically. And uh, my reaction was actually that like, I was like embarrassed by her crying, and I remember like looking around. See at, who's looking at you. Yeah, looking around at the other inmates, and I was like, "Are they like, you know, is Flacco and Chago like? Can they like see that like my mom's crying?" And <laughs> like, and I and it was like, and I still think about that to this day. That just like I had no ability to like put myself in her shoes until like, I conceptualize. That like, oh, this is her youngest son who's like in jail, visiting behind glass. All I thought was like, I hope nobody sees my mom crying. You know? But that's
0: classic self-centered obsession. Totally. You know, that's the thing. That's the classic. But that's and that's but that's what we do. You yeah. know what I mean? We it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I wanted to hear about uh, I wanted to hear about a bunch of stuff. But the first thing that crossed my mind was how you would steal drugs from the hospital,
1: just when you were mentioning Well, drugs. we have that email, too, that you sent, which was great, you know? Yeah, that,
3: that was actually, it was really, really easy. When I first started, <laughs> I'll never forget it. There's this black dude named Malcolm, and he had been there, like, we're in, it's, i say orderly, but, like, our job was, I worked in the ER. My father was, chief of staff and the head, thoracic surgeon. So, like, you get there, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, they give you a patient list of the surgeries that were going down, and there's 10 operating rooms. And you'd say, All right, Scott, you're assigned to operating room seven, eight, nine, and then you're patient list. And you go up to the room where the patient is, and you bring them on the gurney, bring them down, and they would uh, anesthetize the patient, put them to sleep, or whatever they, they were operating on their leg or their arm. Once they were asleep, you like hold it in the air, and they create a sterile field for it, blah, blah, blah. And then you could stay and watch the surgery if you wanted to, but you didn't have to do anything else until the surgery was finished, and then you like clean and break down the room. But man, Malcolm had to end with the pharmacist, and this was back in like 2000 or 99, from 99 to like 2002, 2003, something like that. The regulations were just not there at the hospital. And especially the Coke is what really got me started. And it was like Merck, pharmaceutical cocaine, hydrochloride, like this stuff was unbelievable. What was
0: it there for?
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, it's the only thing, only person I've ever really read about that had a lot of access to it was like you keep Richards' book, uh, Life. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He wrote. It, he wrote about it how they, him and Mick Jack used to get it all the time. But
1: man, yeah. It's, you don't see it, don't... it much. You don't see it. my. My friend worked in a pharmacy, and he said there was some like a little vial of eye drops that he said was like never prescribed. But like he said that um, even in pharmacies they never use it. So wait, why, why were they using it in the emergency room?
3: It was more for facial surgeries and stuff that came in and it was a pediatric special uh, specialty hospital too, and it's just used so like when kids would uh stick stuff in their nose or in their ear, that was a real big one
1: It was an anesthetic, kind of but why don't they just use lidocaine
0: because Coke worked better I don't
1: know. <laughs> no because in, in the Keith Richards book, I
0: remember it was like it, it always it also was what Elvis would do elvis had, and it was also in the south Elvis would have these uh, connections at these pharmacies and get the the liquid pharmaceutical cocaine, and then he would have these gigantic swabs, and he would swab the liquid and just shove it up his nose, like these long fucking Q-tips. But that was back in the early 70s. I wonder if, for some reason, this might be my... uh my northern Yankee elitism. Maybe these backwater southern <laughs> hospitals just just held on to fucking liquid coke or, or pharmaceutical coke. I wonder. Wh- I wonder if there's pharmaceutical coke in the Hamptons in the hospital for facial surgery. Because, because Scott, I'm, I'm, sure there is. I'm sure there is. Scott, we're in the Hamptons right now. Our, our time in Manhattan is over, and we're at, we're at the Chris's parents' sprawling spread <laughs> in fucking Southampton. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I I would, it's pretty nice. You wouldn't believe these gigantic <laughs> portraits of <laughs> Chris and his family, and, uh, and and you know what his parents have? <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen a motorized uh, toilet bowl cleaner? A, br- you know, uh, you, yeah, you have.
3: one. Yeah, my parents have them at their
0: house. Wow, but, <laughs> he's but, blowing everything out of proportion, Scott. <laughs> do, do, are your parents well off, Scotty. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. His dad's really a chief of surgery. <laughs> See, where where I'm from, we just fucking have to scrub that shit. It's all elbow grease. There's Wait, no but let, him, let
1: him finish the story. I'm sorry. So, I'm so sorry, he's I'm in sorry. the Okay, so you're in the ER. Um you could watch the surgeries, just continue with the story with what happened. Oh yeah,
3: okay. So uh I don't know, I guess I'm I started this job when I was like 17 and I did it uh, in the summers and during the week too when I was uh in high school and then I get like the second semester of my senior year like he barely ever had to go to class so I was more involved but uh, anyways Malcolm had the end with his fucking coke and you know we started doing it all the time and uh he wouldn't really charge me that much for it and I always had money anyways we were making good money but uh anyways uh to come down off the coke I was like dude I gotta have some sleep I can't I can't do this anymore It's like oh you just need some of that yeah, and this, this dude was, like, I mean, he's really funny. Like, I guess in actuality, he probably was, like, in his mid-30s. I was, like, 19, 17, 18, 19, whatever. But he looked like he was 100. But, uh, I mean, he ran in the hospital. Like, he knew everything and all the ins, all the outs. And uh, he turned me on to the morphine, and that was what really oxymorphone or whatever clotted And And uh, that's where I really started spending a lot of money. But uh, what led to the first rehab was... Uh, I was assigned, I'll never, I'll never forget it, it was operating room eight, nine, and 10, and those were the orthopedic rooms. And uh, 10 wasn't being used until like later on in the day. And this was like about 9.30, 10 o'clock, I was waiting for one surgery to be finished. So I go and I missed a shot of Coke and a shot of morphine and I hit it and I go back to operating room 10 to chill out because I'm really wigging out right now. And uh, I decided that it would be a good idea to do a little nitrous oxide with it and I started going to fish shows and stuff and we call it hippie crack uh, around the fish community or whatever, so anyways, we had this key chuck that uh, undoes all the tank. And I undid the oxygen and cranked the uh, nitrous oxide up to 10 and I thought it would be a really good idea to lay down like, it looks like a cross, almost like an operating table, but uh, I put the pulse oximeter on my finger and I cranked it up to 10 and I started laying down and if you've ever done the witness, you know, to get that wah, 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 wah. wah yeah. Whenever you start getting super high. And uh, I remember doing that, and then I wake up, and there's like 10 or 12 nurses in there, and everybody's standing around, and they're like, Congratulations, you just got brought back to life. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, and what
3: it, had what it happened was I'm an idiot, uh, of course, and I had no. Uh, I had, well, it was, I wasn't breathing any oxygen. It was just nitrous oxide, it was
1: just- You didn't milk. mix it? Yeah, and I,
3: luckily I put the pulse oximeter in that little uh, sticky pad thing, on me I was just so high, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, oh, this should be a good idea. I should just hook myself all the way up to this operating machine and this'll work out. That's and uh, luckily I did that, but what was terrible was I set off the code blue in the alarm because I stopped breathing. Well,
1: and, that was uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh,
3: if, you've, if it's a really loud alarm, like if you've ever been in an GR ER or whatever, that machine that controls the oxygen and everything, it's a really loud alarm. So it starts going off. It sends a signal to the charge nurse who looks at it and is like, why is somebody in the top grading room not being used? And so she walks back there, and, you know, this is all recounted to me, but she's saying, you know, I'm all blue. I've got the thing strapped onto my face, and. I didn't put any of my works or anything away so like, there's stolen morphine and fucking coke and dirty spoons and needles all sitting right there. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it was really shitty. And, uh, of course, you know, all these, my dad's basically are halfway, all these people's bosses. And it it was just, it was terrible, like, the disappointment that my father had. And then they, like, took me out of the operating room and brought me to the break room. And I'm still super bombed on coke and, and morphine, you know, like I got a huge shot. And I'm coming off all the nitrous. I have no idea what's going on. And uh, that led to the first rehab. That was the... Oh, uh, my God. That that's the that's the crazy. One. Yeah.
1: Well, I, at least I you didn't die. Like, if you died, I mean, your family never get over it, you know? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's still my higher power and stuff at work because that that happened for a reason. But I, that was one of the first times I, uh, I definitely should have died. But uh, that, that started the long during the rehab they, that was that led to the one in, uh, in Georgia in the mountains it was fucking awful that was the
0: worst <laughs> when I met when I met Chris within within three days of meeting him we were talking about how much better rehab would be for drug addicts if it was just a place that had drugs, where, where addicts could go to do drugs. And it, and it sounds like that's what working at a hospital in the early, and like the, you know, before 2003 was like that you had access to every drug. You're alone in a fucking operating theater with every drug you can think of, and you're just going to town. Like, I can't even imagine.
3: It was crazy. One of the uh, nurse anesthetists that I played golf with, like, uh, he was a traveling nurse anesthetist, which, you know, I think he was based out of, like, Chicago or something, but he was doing a, uh, a stint down in uh, in Rock Hill, where the hospital was in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Anyways, he was a dope thing, too, and he started giving me those fentanyl uh, suckers. Yeah, and the those, lollipops. God, yeah, yeah, the lollipops and those things. Like, I don't know, it was weird. Like, this is before oxygen. I mean, I don't know if it just wasn't regulated, or I was just you know, in a, a redneck hole where everybody did drugs. But uh yeah, I mean I've been countless times, you know, sitting there eating those suckers and stuff. And uh when I would go to rehab they're like, Well who gave you drugs? And I was like, I mean I work with all these people There were I was like, you know, Mark,
0: doctor, blah blah blah, whatever. But uh I don't know. It sucked. It's huh. far the fuck out. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. Um yeah. so I want now I want you to tell us uh if you don't mind, just because I'm like, uh, what is the word? Uh, full of myself. What's the word for that? Uh, self-centered. Conceded. No. <laughs> yeah, because I'm conceited and I'm full of myself. I want, I want to hear about how you found Dopey and, 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 and how Dopey uh, affected you. It's good for us.
3: Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> no? no, man. Uh, and I, yeah, I think, you know, we trade emails back and forth. I found it that weekend that uh, I had uh, surgery. Uh, oh, yeah, surgery yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is the worst shittiest surgery ever. I, like I said, I've got Crohn's I've probably had like 20 different surgeries, but this one was especially shitty. Uh,
1: no <laughs> that, pun intended. Your, <laughs> having,
3: yeah, yeah, having <laughs> your asshole cut open is, is never, it's never fun. Yeah. But, uh, man, I was like, I had to take oxygen. There was no way around taking, not taking hard narcotics. And, like, With the NSAIDs, which is, you know, ibuprofen or whatever, it aggravates your stomach. And my liver has had problems from, you know, all the abuse over the years. So I can't really take Tylenol. So, like, the only thing that can really give you is, like, you know, Dilaudid. And I didn't want to take that. And that's not a very good painkiller unless you IV it anyways. Uh, But so I had to take OxyContin. Anyways, my sponsor kept the prescription and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was actually bombed on Oxy, like, post-op. I think it was, like the day after the surgery or the night after or whatever but uh, I think I did a search on a podcast for like heroin or recovery or something <laughs> and uh, and some, some crazy search and it popped up and I saw the sign and just started listening and I was like shit this is fucking hilarious uh, so and it was before you took the new episodes down but I think one of the first ones I heard was that one where uh, Chris broke into the vet's uh, office for the scene of Arbital and that was Ridiculous. I don't know how you didn't go to prison for a long time. He that. did. He did.
0: Well, I should have gone longer. It's because of his parents' yeah. vast wealth and holdings that he only yeah, did a but, short term. If he had been Mexican, it, he'd still be in there. Yeah. It made me think of that. Uh, one of those first rehabs I went to in
3: Georgia, they would hit you with bean of Arbitol if you like started freaking out. Are like making an ass of yourself or whatever, or if your blood pressure gets high, <laughs> and we would always try to like start fights with each other, like you know, act retarded to get a shot, and they were like, "We're gonna give you the silver bullet," and you would see a barbed and that's like. The only time I've ever seen that drug
0: use. That was Chris's move, too. Yeah, that was my in move. In rehab, Chris would, like, pick up things and break windows so they'd give him the shot. It was a shot.
1: It was actually a shot of, the shot was Haldol, but they put a little van in it, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Haldol. Was. I don't know. Man, I, I did some county jail time where they had the, uh, mm.
3: the Haldol pills that I did one time. But
1: they always – they Nobody have to give you something else with the Haldol stuff. They give you – it's called a three-two-one. They give you Haldol, Ativan, and I think it's Benadryl or something to prevent um, Tardive Dyskinesia or Bell's Palsy because like your yeah, face yeah. goes like – your face can get all droopy. It's all these side effects for Haldol.
0: You should yeah, see like his face, drawn, retarded. Scott. You should see Chris when, when Chris is listening to your stories. He's like slumped over. <laughs> he's, he's staring at the microphone. I just see the wheels turning in his head. Like it, it's just and when he gets are they to,
1: turning more than for the conspiracy theories?
0: Uh, when, when he gets to hear like like mixes of how to get a shot with a little phenobarbital, <laughs> then he hears a little prison. He hears he hears fucking ph- pharmaceutical coke. Those words. <laughs> Chris goes straight black. His eyes reflect inward, and he just sees like this fantasy. He, he gets all slumped over, and still, <laughs> He gets the best. Oh man, I wish you could I, see I've, it. I've
3: run, into, I've, I've run into that in the street and one time. It was I went to see fish in Vegas, and uh, I think it was 2012. And my buddy was buying a bunch of uh, shrooms. It was actually right before I went away, and some dude had the vials it. so that's the only other time I've seen it for sale anywhere. Huh. Well, did, did, did we
0: read, did we, we read Scott's, talk about, uh, Shh, I don't know if we can. Oh, okay. Can we talk about that thing that we were writing about and talking about yesterday?
3: She hasn't written me back yet, so we probably shouldn't, but I can tell the funny story about the needle at
0: Fish. Did you read that grilled cheese sandwich story on Dopey or no? No, what was that? Yeah, tell the story, Scott, please.
3: All right, oh, this is a really funny one again. Uh... Alright, well it was at uh, Coventry, it was Fish's last band, like they said, they were going to break up, they were going to play this youth festival, and then Fish was going to be no more, so...
1: I remember, uh, I went to I a- went to IT, and then I was going to go to Coventry, but I couldn't make it for some reason.
3: Yeah, Coventry was awful, it was like the worst five days of my life.
1: That's Everyone said but, uh, IT was way better than Coventry.
3: Yeah, Fish was all, sm- I mean, Trey was all smacked out, and you can watch the videos of it, like they're bawling on stage and scratching his nose, and you know it was it was awful. But uh, I think the funniest part was uh, we had to park the cars like two or three miles, like they stopped letting people into the festival because the mud was so bad, and traffic was so bad. So everybody's like, "Well, look, I paid all this money, I'm coming to see this is last stand. Like nobody's gonna turn themselves away." So everybody parked their cars in the median, going in. There's in this one little town, everybody just pulls their cars into the median all haphazardly, and, like, complete stoner drug addicts would park their cars. And uh, so we take our packs, and we're walking into the show. We finally get there, and the mud's like, you, we almost immediately lose our shoes. And there's nothing you can do. It's, like, up, almost up to your knees in some parts. And my buddy Michael and I are walking, and there's this rando dude to our right. And uh, nobody has his own shoes. We've all lost them in the mud, can't find them. And uh, all of a sudden, the guy to our right goes, oh, oh, my foot. We're like, oh, dude, what's going on, man? What happened? And he picks up his foot, and there's, in you know, his bare foot, there's a needle stuck. In his <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh. And he just, he just picks it up, and like, I made eye contact with him, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> dude, that's like worst case scenario. And yeah. I didn't know what
1: that's the like. The thing they put in on movies that like never really happens, you know? But it actually happened. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting you know, meanwhile I've got like eight
3: grams on me and all my work stuff and I was like, Oh, but I'm a good drug addict, I would never just bury my needle in the bud. Like,
0: <laughs> but maybe that somebody dropped it. it. Maybe that you know, they they didn't realize. You know? Yeah,
3: that's that's probably true. But I just remember walking eyes with that kid and I was just like, Oh no, you're about to have the worst weekend ever <laughs> But uh That was also the weekend, and I think you read the story about when I uh, burned my mom's car to the ground.
1: Yeah, the first email, Uh, the first story you sent us. It was great.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that was was really crazy, too. My mom brought that up the other day, because Michael, the guy that went to the show with me, we had to evacuate to his house for uh, the hurricane that came through like two weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, I still don't know. We're in my mom's car. First of all, like I said, I lied and said that I was going to the AA conference or something in Charlotte, and... Could I use her brand new Suburban and uh, retardedly she gave me uh, her car so we drive it up there and uh, go to the show and on the way back we got all this kerosene and gas that we didn't use because we didn't take a bunch of stuff into the show because we only took what we carried but uh, I had a blowtorch because I didn't like when I like to keep my hair on I didn't want all that black much marks on the bottom and uh, anyways, and that got depressed or somehow the kerosene got uh, ignited in the back and was like almost instantaneous. Kerosene has like that real thick, black, billowy smoke. And it was like, within like two minutes, dude, the car was engulfed and it completely burned down to the tires. And so <laughs> having, having, to, yeah, having to call my mom and say like, not only am I about to be super dope sick, but I have no money, I'm in Vermont. When I told you I was going to be in Charlotte, you know, like I was supposed to be an hour away, and I'm, you know, five states away.
1: There's a new and, car, uh, too, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was almost I think it was like seven or 800 miles on it when she gave it to oh me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the only reason she gave it to me was because I was going to be the good recovery son and go to the AA convention in Charlotte. <laughs> so she still says, she said, we're able to laugh about it now, but uh, at the time it wasn't that funny.
0: Dude, that is a wild story. How many? How many? So like, how many times did you start and stop getting clean before you started to get some serious time? Uh at least four good stints of like over a year. Yeah, yeah. And then
3: uh, I, I just I, like I said, I'm more like I'm more often use on like a random Friday night than as opposed to like going to a festival or something and using. But it's just like. For me, it's it's so stress related. Like I'll get worked up about bills or work, or if I don't take like certain steps, if I don't work out, if I don't go to meetings, if I don't talk to my sponsor and do those certain things, like I'm gonna use. And it's just like I have. I'm super organized now, and if I don't like, follow my OCD checklist, like it just goes bad for me. But now, I mean, I've got enough time now to where I still do those same things every
0: day. Well, what do you What so, do you think about What do you think about Chris here? Chris is—he's on Reddit. He hasn't been to a meeting in three weeks. What, do you, what are we gonna do? What are you, hey, maybe you gotta give Chris some words here.
3: Man, Chris, I told you, man, I, you cannot go on Reddit. I, 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 I talk about that. Oh
1: man, um, like, yeah.
3: Well, I had a sponsor that like used to go on YouTube and Google. He was like, "Well, I really want to use the so one I want to use." I go like go on YouTube and I watch people shoot heroin. Oh, no. yeah,
1: it's <laughs> Me know, too. Yeah, that's so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's like, so dumb, dude. And,
3: and it's just going to drive yourself crazy because whether it's, like, pill porn or, like, whatever it is, like, I, I, the heroin's fucking awesome. You know, I wish I could hole up in my house and shoot heroin all day, every day. But I don't like the consequences that come with it. and. If that's All that does is not, I don't know if it's romanticizing it or whatever, but I mean, it just puts that thought in your head, whether it's like in the front or back, like eventually it's going to work its way into action. So for me, I can't look at that shit. Like movies and stuff don't bother me, but if I'm, if I'm on Reddit or something or YouTube.
1: I can't, I can't do that stuff. Well, it's That's the old, I mean, it, there's the neuroscience behind it. It's like f- you fire together, wire together with your neurons, and it's like if you think about it enough, you're activating those old, like, neural pathways, yeah. and then it's, it's like reviving it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
3: but I mean, the other thing, as far as meetings go, I mean, you're obviously revolved in recovery, you know, pretty much every day, so I don't know if you really need to go to a lot of meetings, Chris, but I mean, I don't know, I do. You know what I mean? All, all I know is, like, what works for me, and I tell people, you know, this is, I'm, first of all, I'm a terrible, you know, emotional racist, narcissist, so you probably don't need to do what I do anyway, but just, these little steps work for me, and that's about it, but I know going on Reddit is bad for anyone. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I just think it's funny to, to fuck with, with Chris with that shit. No,
3: but
1: you're so right, though. So if I don't do the same things that you're doing and put together enough time that's just abstinent... Eventually, like, my shoelace breaks and I get high. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's you, you, just anything. you turn on the
0: computer and somebody's <laughs> drawing up a shot and it's over for you. <laughs>
1: yeah, whatever. Um,
0: what was I going to say? What about this, Scott? Just, just as like a sort of like, uh, what about people uh, who get, tr- who could, could you see people getting triggered from dopey?
3: Turns a bunch of people onto it, and like everything that I've heard has been positive in the recovery. Because like I, I really think it opens up lines. It's like I can identify with the stuff that Chris did, and the you know the music and the stuff that you like, and like you, I see myself in, you, in your guys' actions and what you're doing. I think it's something positive. You know, what I mean, I, I never bought into the whole thing of you know war stories don't romanticize it. I really think a big part of recovery is relationships that are generated.
0: Right, oh, shared God. experience. Like, we've been through a war. They're called war stories because it's a fucking war. And, like, soldiers, exactly. soldiers like, bond over it and
1: we... They go to the VA.
0: Yeah, what the yeah. fuck? They get high there. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Fucking shit, man. I was going to say something good. I forgot. Oh, no, you know who hates Dopey? Uh, my sponsor. He thinks it's worthless fucking hates it but he's a hater my sponsor says everybody calls him dr no because he hates everything and it's true he sounds like i wouldn't like him you he's sweet but he hates dopey he he called dopey he said that we're we're wannabe wayne's world that was that was his quote about dopey um
3: man i'm i'm the whole thing like i i'd love to play guitar i suck at it but i like to play And it's like, my sponsor gets on me because I spend so much money on guitars and and stupid stuff like that. He's like, you're not very good. You're not going to play live. And I was like, well, it kills time and I like doing it. So, you know, it's one of those things like if it's positive for you, it really doesn't matter what other people think. And you're obviously trying to reach out to other people. So, I mean, I think it's dope. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I feel good about it too. You want to hear, we have to, we didn't do an email of the day. You Um, want to hear an email we just got or we got semi-recently Yeah. Well, what am I, which one? Uh, whichever. Oh no, let's do do the one, do that crazy uh, uh, UK one.
1: Oh, uh, you want to read it? Yeah, read it. I'll read it. Here, I'll find it. Yeah, it's S A U or something. Something from the UK. Yeah. Um, sweetenings from that one. Maybe. If it shows up, sweetenings. Fucking shit. We're experiencing technical difficulties over here at the Dopey headquarters.
3: <laughs> how to you, you get a night off from Olive Garden anyways, Dave? You don't have to work the Rush on Friday?
0: It's Saturday, buddy. <laughs> it's, Saturday. <laughs> it's Saturday. I work every other weekend. I work every other weekend. I used to get so high at work. That uh that the guys I work with would, would like tell stories about how they would see me at a table eating French fries <laughs> off somebody's table. Right off right off yeah. their plate. No, I would like serve the fries and I would just like be so bold as to take one, <laughs> dip it in their ketchup <laughs> and eat it. Or like, and then the stories get worse and worse. Like somebody's like, I remember one time you spilled hot coffee on a customer and laughed at him. And then the next guy said, I remember one time you dropped a Reuben on a customer's head. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not true. I don't believe it. I've of I've, uh, <laughs> another story. We have an employee
3: bathroom at work. And uh, this is one of my jobs in, in Rock Hill when I was in college. And uh, it was like me, and there was like three other dudes. We all shot dope and rockies at the time. And uh, they they posted an employee memo: please do not leave dirty syringes in the trash can. Oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> and it was like posted like on the porch. And, the, <laughs> chef and like, the chef came back. It was the chef came back. Was like, I know it's somebody back here. Like, oh no, that's the front of the house. That's, the that's the <laughs> right. Of the house. We don't we don't do that. We don't do that back here. <laughs> It was totally my friends and I. I was usually pretty good about just reusing the same dagger all day, but (laughs) that was
0: like. Uh, But but a new needle was the greatest thing. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Hmm. I remember recently, me and uh, me and my me and my fiance uh, had to go upstate for a ticket she had gotten, and we go to the gas station at Cumberland Farms. And there's a sign above the garbage in Cumberland Farms in this fucked up town. Please insert all syringes in this toxic waste canister (laughs) in a fucking public bathroom. And like there was a a number for the needle exchange. Like that town must be really fucked up. I forgot the name of it. But here, I'm going to read this email. This, uh, okay. It's a
1: little like, uh, it's written from, it's from the UK. So it's got like that vibe to it. Just so you know. This English thing. Um,
0: should I do it in an English accent or no? If you want. No, I'm not going to. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hello, I'm called Steve. F, No, okay. <laughs> After searching for a podcast that gets the mix just right for recovery and twisted, self-inflicted bedlam, you hit my sweet spot. You hit my sweet spot. <laughs> oh, my accent sucks. As being a seasoned user for most of my adult life, I have had my share of clean time enough to be a functioning user and general drone within the public sector. Working for the U.K. government was 10 years I'll never get back, but damn did I hold it down, kicking and screaming, until the destruction of my team, coworkers, and disturbing... Scott, what are you doing out there? What is that? What's going on? (laughs) Hello? Oh, sorry. What is that? I'm here. What was that? Sorry, I was, I was walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like the world was ending. Um, uh, disturbing my pre-planned nod times, traveling from hotel to hotel to train staff whilst they witnessed my glorious downward spiral and ending up with a severance package that was too big for my bad behavior. Uh, I didn't bother taking it up with my union, Instead, I packed my bags and prepared a narco-tourism holiday that lasted, well, a bloody long time. I have countless stories of busts, classic withdrawal, near escapes, the usual, but with a good bit of spice towards the end. Thank God for keeping a diary. I purposely worked three regular jobs to make it hard to use H and used crack, Cheap speed to keep me awake until my severance package was released. This provided me with a diving board to erect in Southeast Asia to stumble into the void until everything blew up in my stupid face. Yay. Things got way crazy. I doubted real and the unreal. Southeast Asia was my hedonistic playground. Heavenly at times and damn right scary. Near-death experiences, etc., But I had other plans. The world has seemed to align and here's an idea or two. You both being stateside is awesome, as I know my pop culture for the area you live in, so I can understand everything in your podcasts and brilliant they be. My girlfriend has problems understanding some of the parts, so I have to explain to her as the UK scene and beyond is very different from stateside. The lingo and the slap on the wrist UK attitude. I would love to si- shine some light on that. Let's build dopey UK. As a gentleman, instead of ripping your idea and calling it smackhead or some equally undopey branch out man, I have some good <laughs> web skills. Can create websites for you. Provide basic whatever SEO is, social media and se. What's SEO?
1: search engine optimization
0: search engine optimization we could really use that we don't um, have a website <laughs> yeah we don't have a website um creative forum a trucking app for iphone na what's that I don't know. narcotics anonymous <laughs> uh networking and basic photoshop and film editing market your dopey brand and could easily put together a uk podcast with guests via skype including both yourselves i had it play around with your logo and he did it Anyway, I remember Vice.com as a child, and now the monster hit it has become. So let's try and do this for Dopey, with your consent, of course. Thanks for the podcast. Talk soon, huh? Turn Dopey into a cult, man. LOL. Hmm. Uh, Clean time, six months. Kinda. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Kind of? Yeah, no. Kinda. Not even kind of. Kinda. Uh, Peace. Smackhead Steve.
1: That one wasn't really much of a story. It was just him rambling. Yeah, that was kind of a... You, but you, it's cool that somebody in the UK wanted to
3: do it. But then
0: I started yeah. writing with him.
3: No, I mean, that's, that's cool. You've got outreach everywhere, though. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm jealous.
0: <laughs> of what? You're here. You're you're, you're in. You're on the team. We're moving forward. I know. I'm
3: part of it. That's pretty cool. You like, got, it's funny. Like, I've turned a bunch of people onto it. Like, I work a lot in the morning, so, like, I make the prep Mexicans do it all the time.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure they love it. <laughs>
3: Some of the uh, Flaco, the one that speaks all the English, does. But,
1: does he? Uh, they're all.
3: They're they're crazy, man. They're all Ms. Thirteen, and they all, like every four months they just leave for harvest, and they're they're wild. Hmm.
0: So there's no there, there's no Dominicans there, huh?
3: No, no. It's all it's all Mexicans mostly. Uh, I can't really say I've ever met a Dominican down here, but it's all like Mexican or Guatemalan. I mean, they're all from school. They work real hard. Yeah. but they're all illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do their electronic I-9, and their social will come back to like a 78-year-old, you know, female, and it's like a 20-year-old male in front of me. So, <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> different. Well,
0: I don't, we are not anti-immigrant uh, or illegal alien on Dopey. <laughs> we love them all. Oh, no, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Especially know. the Dominicans. Um, <laughs> And I just want to say to Steve, because Steve really wanted to do a UK uh, version of Dopey, and and we kind of, like, miscommunicated, but uh, we'd love to talk to you. We wanted to get you on the show, and hopefully we will. Right? Yeah. You got nothing to say?
1: Yeah, I concur. Chris is ready for bed. (laughs)
0: You should see his face. Um, But, Scott, we're going to split. We love having you on. We love that you're a part of the team.
3: Yeah, definitely, dude. I really appreciate it. It'd be awesome. And uh, I sent her an email. I should know something about what we talked about, I would imagine. They're in Atlanta now. I think they take the next two days off, and then they play Wednesday or somewhere. But, like, yeah. On uh, the show that she always emails me back, I've known her for, like, 10 years. So that, uh, that door is definitely open, though.
0: Yeah, I had a funny fish story, but we'll save it for another time because we're, we're we're late. Um, cool. But, uh... Thanks. Thank you very, 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 very much. Scott, you should say toodles. Don't say fucking toodles. You say, stay strong, Dopey Nation. <laughs> yeah,
3: stay strong. Don't use. That's what I usually say, right? There it is.
0: <laughs> and, right, and, yeah, I, really
3: I really appreciate you guys. It's pretty
0: cool, man. Thank you. It's awesome. We're so happy we got you on the phone. It was really fun. And really enlightening, Yeah, man, I'll, yeah I'll be in contact. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Scott. All right. All
0: right Good night,
3: bud. All right, guys. Later.
1: So there it is. Yeah, so... uh Write us a review and tell us what you think of Scott. Yeah, on right. iTunes, Apple Podcast
0: app. Yeah, don't be a fucking stranger, dude. You wanted to do another one and you're like passed out. I'm good. I'm
1: ready to go. You don't look good. <laughs> I'm
0: ready to rip. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, write us an email at dopeypodcast at gmail dot com. Don't be a stranger. Let us know what you thought. And um, toodles. I also want to know what you think about the Hamptons versus the Lower East
1: Side. Hamptons is nice. I mean, we'll do another one. I want to do one in New York and um. In December, I think we should do it in the belly of your beast, of your restaurant. Just chill, man. Why not, dude? Goodbye. Have some pastrami and some fries. What are
0: you doing? Some, what? What are you? What are you doing? I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. Listen, first of all, they don't want it there. Second of all, we don't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to pay attention. You can't <laughs> even do it in an empty house. Um, anyway, have a good night. Uh, Two Let your freak flag.
4: I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. I want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad bad desires all I ever had and I want to take a ride up in the sky watch this aeroplane just pass me by and I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive just to show all of these people what it means to be alive but I want to be good so bad want to be so good so bad so bad I want to be Good. so bad. Bad desires all I ever have.